It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you again. Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions Podcast and smartmoneyquestions.com. encourage you to go take a look at our informational website. And what I try and do is a couple times a month is take scenarios, situations, or questions that have been happening either where people have sent those to us through the internet, via email, or even if they have been in the office and they've had those questions, take those and answer them the way I would have answered them when they were asked to hopefully be able to give you the ability to recognize the right questions to ask. Because many of you have heard me say, you know, we get where we are in life based on the questions we ask, but the key is to know the right questions to ask. And so one of the things I wanted to bring up that recently happened here locally in the state of PA is there is a PA couple right now facing a felony charge after their bank had accidentally deposited $120,000 into their checking account, and they went and spent most of it instead of letting the bank know that apparently there was an error. So they did not recognize that, you know, maybe this is something, this is a question I should ask, why in the world is there $120,000 sitting in my checking account? And they didn't do that, and so now they are potentially facing some serious legal problems, legal issues. So one of the things we like to do is make sure we're helping people ask the right questions. And I had somebody in my office just last week that asked a great question. And I'm going to go through that today in detail. And let me tell you what the question was. The question was, I read this article the other day online or in Forbes or some type of a financial magazine or column. And they suggested that I ask the advisor that I'm speaking with, what do you invest in? And I said, that is a great question because the reality is if I was investing, for instance, as a financial advisor and I'm giving financial advice and I'm investing all my money, not that I do, but if I did and I was investing in precious metals, yet I was advising my clients to go and invest in index funds, well, I don't know that that's really congruent. And so what I wanted to do today is I'm actually going to go through not only the investment decisions or where we invest our investable assets, but also talk about the tech, because I'm always talking about tax planning, right? I'm going to talk about the tax planning that we do and when we're in conversation with the CPAs that we utilize. In addition, I'm going to talk about the legal things that we have put together. I'm always talking about legal documents and what we do there. And hopefully then what you'll realize is that was a great question and be able to see what it is that we're doing, Maggie and I, and how we, you know, my kids always joke, I always talk about making it happen because it's not just about asking the right questions. It's about actually answering those questions and then implementing those answers. And so that's what I want to do today. I'm going to go over everything that we have in place. Now, in my case, it's going to be a little bit different than most people out there. Little, maybe a little more complicated, but hopefully that will be beneficial to be able to recognize you know, the different things that you need to be really looking at, addressing, and then implementing. So before we jump into that, I want to go ahead and deal with the disclaimer. Disclaimer. 
Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So let's talk about this. His question was, I want to know, where are you investing your money? And so I want to address that question, but I want us to look at it in a couple different ways. First of all, he said, where are you investing your money? And so what we want to make sure we distinguish is we're going to talk about where we're putting our investable assets, right? Because there's a difference between investable assets and other assets that aren't meant for investing. So for instance, our emergency fund, we also, because we are self-employed, we also have a tax fund. And, you know, Uncle Sam's going to make sure he, he gets his money from us. And so that needs to be invested very similar to a emergency fund. And so let's talk about that first. Our emergency fund and our tax fund is all held at Ally Bank, A-L-L-Y Bank, or A-L-L-Y.com. And we have the money there in two separate accounts that the emergency fund money, that's been sitting there for a long time. We have a set amount that we always have in reserve that right now I think it earns about 1.7%, nothing, but it's after-tax money and it is fully liquid. If I wanted that money out, as I'm recording this, it's about 1.30 p.m. If I wanted that money in my account tomorrow, all I have to do is go online and boom, it'll end up at my Wells Fargo account, my personal account, Maggie and I's personal account. So that's where we have that money. Our tax money, which is used for making our quarterly tax payments to the Fed and to the state of Pennsylvania, that is also sitting at Ally, labeled in a different account, earning the same amount of money fully liquid. Okay. And what we do is on a quarterly basis, not only are we putting money, I'm sorry, on a monthly basis, we are putting money into that account on a quarterly basis. We are sending that money out to either the fed or the state. So that is where those funds are. Now we also have money that is invested in our businesses. So let's just go back over this. We have three companies here and we actually have money set aside on a monthly basis that we put into an account that is specifically there for not only ongoing operations of the business, but also the growth of the business. And how are we going to expand our business over time with the planning that we have put in place? So we have money there that is specifically for the growth of the business, that's also sitting. Now, that's not sitting in Ally Bank. We have that connected directly 
into our, we do a lot of our banking at Wells Fargo. And so we have money sitting in a Wells Fargo account to be able to utilize. But I do want to let you know this. We also have an emergency fund for the business. And I have money sitting in a separate online only business money market account that is specifically for the health of the business. So let's talk about where our money is now. We have money for our emergency fund personally. We have that's sitting in a savings money market account. We have the same type of an account that is used for our tax payments on a quarterly basis. Then we have money in our businesses specifically for the growth of the business. And then each business also has an emergency fund that is for the health of the business. So that's where much of our money is sitting. But then now let's talk about where our investable assets are sitting. And so the first thing that we have is we have an HSA account, a health savings account, because we have a qualifying health savings plan. This is some, if you have access to an HSA, I would so encourage you to take advantage of it and max fund it. The laws are extremely generous to HSA accounts. So you get relief when that money is put into the health savings account, depending on where the account is and what your investment options are. So we have investment options where ours is. We have it invested extremely aggressively. And the reason why is because that money is going to grow tax deferred, but also when we use it correctly for qualifying medical expenses, I can actually take out multiple years at one time that all comes out to me tax-free. It's probably one of the only truly tax relief going in, grows tax deferred, comes out tax-free when used correctly account that you can have. And so many of you have heard, it's hard to believe as I'm recording this, it's been four years ago since Maggie was diagnosed with acute leukemia. So clearly we have medical bills, but we're paying those you know, out of our pocket right now with the intention maybe maybe 12, maybe 15 years from now, or if they change the laws before then, is we'll take a bunch of money out at one time that'll be completely tax-free. So we have that invested our HSA account very aggressively, almost 100% stocks, equities, but we're still utilizing the investment plan, the investment philosophy that we advise our clients to as well, which is essentially a academically and statistically diversified portfolio over multiple asset classes. Then we also have, Maggie and I put money away every single month into an after-tax traditional brokerage account that is invested in the exact same funds that I advise clients to invest in. Now, in this situation, what I was explaining to him and his wife was the only difference between what I'm advising you to invest in and what I'm actually invested in, they're the exact same funds, except for, obviously, there's an age difference here. They're in their early to mid-60s, and I'm not there yet. I've still got, I've got a time horizon of 15, 17 years before I'm going to need to access that money. I said, the difference here is I'm almost invested 100% in equities or stocks. Don't really have a lot of bonds in there because as we're contributing our money into that account, we are looking for long-term growth. I've got a much longer horizon. I'm not needing any of that money. Why? 
because I already have my emergency fund, right? So I don't have to worry about this money. If I don't have to worry about the money, then I can allow the markets to do what they have now. You know, we we can't look at past results to predict future results. But the reality is that the markets traditionally have gone up. The trajectory has been up, but it's been a volatile up, right? It's not just a straight line. And so I don't have to worry about whatever the market is doing with that money because it is my investable money. No different than with the HSA. We have that invested, the same investment philosophy where we are looking to have that extremely aggressive because we're not looking to cash that money in for quite a while, you know, 12, 15 years. Same with our brokerage account, after-tax investments. So what are we doing there? I always talk about tax planning. We're looking to take advantage of capital gains, being very tax efficient in the investment manager's that we are using. So I'm, I'm advising that the client invest their money in the same type of portfolios, but with less risk. Okay. Now, the other thing we have is we have established a company 401k plan, and we have a traditional 401k. We also have a Roth 401k. And so you've heard me talk about the benefits of a Roth. See, we don't qualify to contribute to a traditional Roth IRA on the outside because of income limitations. Our income is too high. So the government says, well, sorry, you can't put any money into there. But with a Roth 401k, we can. So here's what we do. Up to the the maximum allowable annually is at 100% of Maggie's money, her deferrals, are going into the traditional 401k. And then on my money, 100% of what we can put in, we can contribute on an annual basis. Mine goes into the Roth 401k. So again, I always talk about, you know, qualified money isn't bad as long as that's not where all of our assets are. So what we are looking to do is be not only diversified, by the way, the investment philosophy within the 401k is exactly what we advise and what we have in the HSA and our brokerage account. So everything is congruent there. We're sticking to the same model. We also have it invested the same way, extremely aggressively. Why? Because we have time on our side right now. We're not looking to even consider that money for 12, 15, 16, 17 years. So we got plenty of time to invest it, but we have money in a traditional 401k plan, right? We get tax relief when we put it in, gross tax deferred, but it will be taxed when it comes out. It's also going to be subject to minimum distribution rules when that time happens. We also have money in a Roth 401k. In that case, we do not get any tax relief when it goes in, gross tax deferred, most importantly, comes out tax-free, and we have money that is going into a traditional brokerage account. So what that does is allows us to take advantage of capital gains, most importantly, long-term capital gains. Across all of those accounts, we are invested very aggressively or for the most part, all in stocks, yet still diversified the way we would advise clients to do. So that's where our investable assets are going. Let's talk about the other things that we have in place So we have all of our legal documents are up to date. We actually sat with our attorney last year and had everything up to date. Why? Because of the ages of our kids. So just to go back over Maggie and I's situation, we have his, hers, and ours. And the children that we came into the marriage with that were with a previous spouse 
both of them are now over the age of 18. Our child, the youngest, she is under 18. So we went and updated all of our personal legal documents to reflect most importantly what would happen, God forbid, if something happened to both of Maggie and I, would happen to our youngest. So we're naming someone that would essentially step in as a guardian for them. We also dealt with, um, now that the older kids are there, we've put things specifically in place. So in the event something happens to us, we're creating a barrier for the assets that would move to them to be lost through multiple things that the person inheriting them could encounter. Lawsuits, divorce, things like that. So we went ahead and we put that in in place as well. In addition to that, we updated all of our business documents to reflect certain things that we wanted to accomplish because, again, as the kids are getting older. We also updated our power of attorneys. We also updated our living wills. And the attorney at the time advised us, I don't really think that now's the time where you guys are at the point where you need to start incorporating any type of trust. So we did not go down that road. We did incorporate some trust languages into our language, into our will, but we didn't actually go ahead and create a trust and fund it. So we went through that process again, recognizing that the ages of the kids, we need to go ahead, we need to get these wills updated along with our other personal documents. And then in addition to updating the corporate documents that we have in place, which takes me to the next thing, which is how we are working with and strategizing with our CPAs on a quarterly basis. Because part of what we did and how we structured our business that was done years and years ago, we did strategically for tax planning and making sure that in the event, which by the way, father time eventually is going to come knocking on the door. And when that time comes, we want to make sure that based on the current law, we are taking advantage from an estate standpoint. Initially, we went ahead and made sure we're taking advantage of current tax code. In addition to that, on a quarterly basis, Maggie and I sit down and we review the financials of each firm. And what we're doing is if we need to put aside any type of tax money, we're looking at the contributions into the 401k. Our company 401k is what's called a safe harbor profit sharing plan. So we're also looking now, here we are in the fourth quarter of the year, what are the tax planning opportunities that we can put in place, not only personally, but also within the business that potentially could affect us personally. So here we are running these calculations. You know, I always recommend doing this in the fourth quarter. So here we are. We're about, when am I doing this? I'm actually doing this at the end of October. So we've got a really good indication now using pretty conservative estimates on where we're going to be at the end of the year and what can we start doing and need to put in place before 1231. Because many times after that situation has happened, that date, we lose those tax planning opportunities. And so what will we be looking at for tax planning opportunities? Well, from a business standpoint, maybe we're looking at how much money should go into the profit sharing plan this year. Second of all, do we need additional computers, desks? Can we prepay some different marketing? Should we buy any other type of equipment? We want to get that done before the end of the year. Is that the best place for our money? And how does it affect the bottom line, not only on the business, but then also personally? And so 
I hope this has been helpful because I really like that question. Hey, listen, Matt, where are you investing your money? And so what I just went through with you is what we're doing and how we're doing it and the things that we know that we need to be paying attention to and addressing, you know, some of this stuff is on a quarterly basis. Some of it is on a semi-annual or annual basis. But the reality is making sure that where we are putting our investable assets, so in this case, our investable assets are in three different, or really four different categories, right? We have investable assets in our HSA. We have investable assets in our 401k traditional, our Roth 401k, and then our after-tax brokerage account. We are also in all of those investable accounts. We are addressing risk. How much risk should we be taking? What is our time horizon? And so we address that, right? We have many years out, so we're investing very aggressively. We also dealt with the investable assets of the business. So we have money sitting in certain accounts specifically for growth. We also have money sitting in almost like an emergency fund for the business. So that's where our investable assets are as a business owner. Then personally, we also have investable assets specifically earmarked emergency fund. And we also have another account that is earmarked specifically for Uncle Sam, our tax account. And I hope going through this has been helpful to, you know, maybe your situation isn't as complex as Maggie and I. Maybe you're not a business owner. And maybe if you're married and you have kids, maybe you don't have his, hers, and ours. But it doesn't erase the fact that even if you're not a business owner, that you can't be looking for tax opportunities on an annual basis. Either if you're doing your own taxes, you're going through those equations. For instance, should I be looking at contributing more if I have, or have I even asked, do I have a Roth 401k option? Should I be looking at that? Do I have too much money sitting in my traditional 401k? Do I qualify for contributing to a Roth IRA? You know, what are those opportunities? And then of course, we also might consider a Roth conversion by the end of the year. We also want to be analyzing our risk. You know, where is our money at? Are we taking on too much risk? Okay. What are we looking at and have we addressed our legal documents? You know, if you, the legal documents are so, so important. I can't stress that enough. And my recommendation is always to reach out to an estate attorney. If you don't have one that you know of, feel free to reach out to us, especially if you're in the tri-state area, really, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, or Maryland. We have estate attorneys that we can recommend to you. You definitely want to be looking at that. So all of that stemmed from one question from someone that was in the office last week. I hope it has been helpful. If there is a situation or circumstance that you would like to address, please reach out to us either at info at smartmoneyquestions.com, shoot us an email, or just go to smartmoneyquestions.com. You'll see right on there, you can ask Matt a question. Also, if you would like to speak to me personally, you can go right to speakwithmatt.com and my online calendar is right there. You don't even have to speak to anyone. Go right in there, schedule a 15 or 30 minute call more than happy to jump on the phone with you. So everyone, I hope this has been helpful and you have gotten something out of it. And as I always tell the kids, hey, listen, go make it happen. So address the questions, answer the questions, make it happen, implement it. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Thanks again. 